0: Are you ready for the weekend yet? We have events, news, and a guest for you to enjoy this Lake Life Weekend. Hey there, this is Dirk, your host for this weekend's Lake Life Weekend podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we are approaching spring, evidently. It's getting warmer and nicer and we celebrate maple syrup days this weekend. So get out and explore and find out how to make it and how it tastes. So in Virgus, we have a day filled of maple syrup contesting, pancake feed. Come there at 7.30 through 11.30 and get fed and try out the local producers of maple syrup and I believe you can enter your vote for the best of 2019. There's also some live entertainment on stage. So Virgus is active this weekend and when you're not uh, done yet go to Maplewood State Park afterwards to the sugar shack. There is a day of uh, demonstration how to actually use the sap, boil it down, and then get maple syrup. So educational, a good family trip. You can take a hike through the park, uh, explore the trails and all that also. So uh, many things to do. Um, We are excited for the weather to hopefully play along and uh, visit Lakes Country this weekend, have fun. And uh, for more adventures to explore and news, please also go to our website, lakelifeweekend.com. We update that daily and uh, hope you find something fun. Let us know what you think. Let us know what is missing. You can always email us to hello at lakelifeweekend.com and uh, we will answer and gladly receive your input. Yeah, um, I don't want to keep this much longer. We also have an interview part and it's with Tom Franklin uh, this week. Just to the fact um, that we have maple syrup days. We recorded this not too long ago and um, it aired already in January. But if you had missed it, um, now is the time and to hear his story on um, maple syrup production, how you can um, make it a tradition for your own family. So yeah, stay tuned, enjoy this interview. And I hope to be with you again next weekend. Get out and explore. We love lake life. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to our interview part. I'm here with Tom Franklin from Vergas, and we're gonna speak about uh, maple syrup, maple syrup production, a little bit of lake life. Uh, but before we dive into um, yeah, producing and tapping maple trees, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, are you from the area? Yeah. Have you moved here? Who is Tom? Hi, welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, uh, my name is Tom Franklin. I just live east of Vergas and I live on a farm, and uh, we've been tapping maple trees for quite a few years. Uh, my dad started tapping probably in 2000, but prior to that, my grandma used to tap trees um, many years ago, uh, probably uh, you know, like in the 40s. And, it, and it's, it's kind of heritage. Many people did it growing up around uh, Virgus. Uh, farmsteads did it but we got kind of serious about 2000. um, And then it has kind of grown, but I'm only a hobbyist. I'm not a, um, uh, what what, what would one notch less than a hobbyist be? and I'm not a professional either, but I am a hobbyist, okay? Semi-pro. So, so, well, I don't know. <laughs> amateur. Yeah, amateur. 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 Yeah, yeah, okay. But so.
0: before you uh, made the tradition of, family tradition, I would say, of maple soup, uh w- what's your background? I, I, did you grow up in Lakes Country? Did you move here from Colorado? Or oh, no, like no. We've
1: lived here all our life. Um matter of fact, I live on the same farm that my grandfather Ed had. He purchased it. Uh, the farm that I live on, he actually purchased it in 1945, and he grew up right across the road on Long Lake, um, and that was a Franklin farmstead, John Franklin, homestead of that in about 1896. Oh, wow. So, right in that little area, we've been there a long time, Mm -hmm. and... uh, yeah, that's how—I That's I live in the same farm, and I have a red barn. <laughs> Many people probably see it when they drive in Lakes Country, mm-hmm. so that's kind of cute.
0: Okay, so you love where you live, obviously. You know
1: what? I really do. I, we have Rose Lake behind our house. I swim all the time back there in the summer. I canoe— I like fishing, but canoeing is my passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our cow pasture where I tap maple trees in. And I, I just like that I live in the country. And Um in I'm both myself, my family, my brother, we call it the center of the universe. And we really do. <laughs> we think, where else would you rather live than Vergus, Minnesota? It is so fun. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's a hoot. So it's really cool. Yeah. So you have a cow pasture. So you are a farmer? Uh, We have a large large farm, fairly large farm, but we do not have livestock. I rent it out to two local people, and one guy is a dairy farmer, and one guy has some beef cows. Um, But but I fix the fence, I walk the fence, and they really appreciate it. When they're um, planting corn in the spring, uh, John Schultz is one of my renters. He'll say, Tom, did you walk the fence? Yep so then he can bring all his cows over jake is his son and they'll bring them over they're always busy or then in the fall maybe it'll be uh they're combining and he'll say we're behind we're combining uh you know can we come get the cows on this day and everything's ready the um, corral is ready they'll be bringing hay over so even though i'm I, i don't actually own the livestock we're part of it yeah so but yeah that's what we do we uh have this property and it was actually um kind of interesting some of the property we own was from my grandfather ed he owned uh franklin fence company in Virgus. okay and now it's a lumber yard uh so that's kind of neat yeah so
0: okay i see so your family i know they're still there so that's part of your yeah, Vergas. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Vergas. And We've been cousins. around Vergas a long time. Yeah, 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 I see. Oh, very interesting. Okay. So now um, the family tradition of tapping maple trees, um, I'm curious, how many maple trees do you have? How many do you have to have? Like, yeah. can
1: you describe a little bit? I sure can. Yep. So um, many people want to tap maple trees. They kind of get an itch or they might see something that, hey, I, I think I might try this. It's kind of neat. I might try this and they're probably hobbyists. They might go to Maplewood State Park. Um, They might see it in a newspaper or something or read in a book. But if you're gonna tap maple trees, there's a couple key things I was thinking about. One of the key things is you need maple sap. A lot of people will, um, they'll, they'll toy around with one tree or two trees. They might get a little bit of sap. They might even try boiling it down in a microwave. They might try bringing it in the kitchen. Uh, they might use a barbecue grill and that's just somebody kind of playing around they're not really um, they're just toying with it the next step I think would be a hobbyist that's what I am a little bit um, more uh, some equipment I have and then the next step would be probably a professional they're actually trying to make it for a living they're trying to sell their product and that gets um, one uh, level higher they have higher equipment and they have probably some hose lines, and s- they even have a reverse osmosis system just because they have to do a production. But we're gonna talk about just the, how to tap maple trees, uh, what a hobbyist would do. Um, so I'll start, I guess. I would say if you're gonna tap maple trees, you'll need at least 100 trees. 100? Well, the reason you want 100 is you want the sap. You need volume. So if you just want to tap one tree, you're not going to get a lot to make maple syrup. Okay. You need a, you need the volume of liquid. You need the sap. So that's the first thing to make maple syrup. You need the sap,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's where uh, some people say, well, it, if there are, uh, the longer I have tapped trees, there is no certain. T- It'll stump you every time. You think, well, when the when the spring comes, the sap runs. No, that is not the case. <laughs> I'm telling you, the longer I have tapped trees, the it is. It does not work that way. I don't understand it. You think, well, it's 40 degrees, the sap should run. It does not run that way. So, uh, well, we'll get in that in a minute. But let's talk about just tapping a tree. So, I want a hundred trees, and what I'm looking for is it's called a sugar bush, and what that is is a, it's a forestry term of a dense population of just maple trees. And we're going to take a step backwards and we're going to talk about why there's maple trees by Virgus. When you drive through the Lakes Country, you'll see beautiful maple trees. And you'll see them kind of by Maplewood State Park, uh, by, um, by Virgus. Dent has some. But one of the reasons why there's so many maple trees in this area is it's actually like a topography feature. And the reason I want to point this out is if you get west of Highway 59, prairie fires used to burn through to the the Dakotas, and they would come all the way across until they hit these lakes. But once they hit the lakes, the prairie fires wouldn't continue, Mm -hmm. and you'd have a maple basswood forest. So on the east side of most of these lakes, but just in lake country in general, you have maple trees. because but They
0: survived. The west side got damaged?
1: Well, the fires would go out west of, like, Pelican River. Uh-huh. They wouldn't cross. And, and it was a constant fire constant spring fires in the spring would come across the dakotas a prairie fire you probably if you ever naturally. read naturally naturally yep if you ever read the book little house in the prairie they had prairie fires all all the time uh-huh. so the dakotas would burn quite common but in lakes country it didn't so that's why we have different trees in this area And another thing is there are no maple trees west of vergas west of pelican rapids for sure they end here maple trees Well, this is the farthest west and almost the farthest north that a sugar maple lives or grows. Um, That's just some forestry background. Now they do grow all the way back through the Great Lakes and Vermont and into Canada. They're the largest producers of maple syrup is uh, Quebec, up in that area around the Great Lakes. I guess they have some beautiful large maple trees on the south shore of Lake Superior. Um Lake Michigan, and I think it's a uh, the winters do not get that brittly cold. Um, so that's one of the reasons we are on the very north and west what side or topography or whatever uh, edge. edge we don't have ma- there's not many maple trees uh, west that? yep. Mm-hmm. okay. So anyway, so if you're going to tap maple trees, you want about a hundred of them. you want to look for a sugar bush. Sugarbush is condensed area. Just a condensed area. So in my there's li- no
0: Sugarbush Lake. I was just curious.
1: Yeah, but. that's a Sugarbush Lake. Um, there might be, the to, uh the name probably came from dense maple trees. Hmm. Yep, Sugarbush Township, Becker County. Yeah, same thing. Interesting. Dense maple trees. Yep. Okay. So um, then you have to tap a tree, and all you do to tap a tree is you can purchase taps. Uh, you drill a hole not further than an inch and a half in and you insert a three-eighths inch tap and all that does is you tap it in with a hammer and then the sap will drip out and everybody says well all you gotta do is drill a hole in there put a tap in and it drips and I'm telling you it does not drip. Um, It it will run and sometimes it'll run in the afternoon and as the spring progresses it will drip out a little bit or run and then you have to collect it in some type of a container, a, a pail. I've seen bu- uh, um, bags yep. attached. So there's a couple The the, um, the oh, If you, you'll see a, a photo of a um, steel tap tapped into a tree and they use a tapered drill bit and then they hang a bucket on the tap. And then when it does run, you go pick up the bucket collect it and then you take it to your your evaporator or your pan and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So now they use bags, uh, you can use a pails, uh, w- whatever you want to collect it but that's the secret you have to put a tap in a tree and you got to get the liquid but we're, it's a lot of work so if you have hundred trees you got to go collect a hundred bags um, but what you really want is you want the liquid. So. I tap two hundred trees, and I'm a very small producer. But uh, like, I'll go out there after work, and I'm really looking for volume. I want a hundred gallons. So if it ran a little bit, I got a hundred gallons. I'm all excited. Or if my buckets are half full, or you know whatever, I want two hundred gallons. I'm excited because I actually it ran today. I 100 got, gallons is I, a lot of liquid. Well, now it takes forty gallons of sap to make one gallon of maple syrup. Really? Right. so you have to boil it down. 40 to 1? 40 to 1, yep. It, it might not be quite that much, it might be 35, but usually 40 to 1. There's also four types of maple trees. There's a sugar, there's a red, then there's the um, sugar maple, red maple, box elder, and which one am I missing? Sugar, silver, sugar, red, and a box elder. Is that okay. four? Yeah, that's four. So those are the four that you can tap, but we only tap the sugar maple because they have the most sugar content in a in the tree. Uh-huh. The other ones like a box elder, it's a hundred gallons to one. Oh wow. That's what I'm saying. So it's not even worth it. It's it's a lot of work. It's not worth it. And if if you really want to just try maple syrup, just go buy it. <laughs> don't even don't even monkey around with this is a lot of work. If, so you,
0: if the sap is the sap like sticky, like uh, if I touch a tree, sometimes like a, a um, tonbaum or something, then it's like sticky.
1: It's like you, grease. You so would maple
0: is it more liquid? Because if you it's a, it's all almost
1: all liquid. I don't think you would feel stickiness by the sap of a maple ah, tree. Okay, I so don't think you would. Okay, and it <clears throat> it's kind of goofy. It runs in the spring, like I said. So people will start tapping about March, and it'll be over by May first, and some years, it doesn't come out of the tree. It's a, it's, um, I don't know if it's a weather, if it's weather-related, but if you have a good snowstorm, the maple sap will come out of the tree. So if you have a late spring, you have a late spring, and it's kind of nice, 40, 50 degrees, you have all your taps out, nothing's running, you're kind of frustrated. we are talking April? Yeah, April, and all of a sudden, you get a big dumping of snow. That right before the snow comes, the maple will pour out of those trees. So it's like a weather event. Huh. Yeah, a so low the pressure, the pressure event. Yeah. But the next time you think, oh, good, here comes a snowstorm. It doesn't happen. I don't understand. But, but during the course of the spring, you will get maybe three or four runs. So what happens is your bags will fill up or your buckets will fill up. Then you go collect it, and then you have to boil it and the reason you want to boil it is that's how you boil off the excess water. So here's where a lot of people they'll say well we'll boil it out a pan, we'll bring it into the kitchen, we'll put it in the microwave. The problem is you're boiling 200 gallons of sap and you're going to condense it to five gallons of syrup. So you need a pan and the, the pan, the pan. Should, <laughs> a large container, yep, a large pan, so you'll have it made. You will go and have it made. And if you're a, a hobbyist like me, you will have just a flat pan. It, the sides will probably be 6 or 8 inches high on the sides, and it'll probably be about 2 or 3 feet wide by 3 or 4 feet long. And then you'll put a fire underneath it. And all you're going to do is you're going to boil it, boil it. You're going to collect the tree sap and you're going to put it in this pan and it's going to boil with your fire. And then once, like I said, if you can condense 200 gallons, you'll have five gallons of syrup in that pan when you're finished. When do you know to stop? Or wh- how do you get it? you <coughs> there, know what I mean? Like Is, yep. it, is it
0: color? Well, there's a, few, there's
1: a few things, yep. There's a few things that you'll need, some tools. But one of the, the um, so there's a, to- let's go back to this pan a little bit like for a hobbyist like myself i just have a flat pan and it's basically just like a large kitchen pan but if you want to go one notch fancier they have what's called a flue pan and what that is is there's little dividers in the pan that gives it more surface area to boil quicker and then they even have a continuous Mm. flow system and these are what the producers will have and they even what they have what's called reverse osmosis and basically you can do that in your house if you have bad water and you want to put a reverse osmosis system Mm -hmm. in you'll have the most purest water you can find. Well they figured out if they run maple sap through a reverse osmosis system almost 50% of the pure water is taken out. Hmm. So now you just have 50% less automatically to put in your fancy pan you and you cook it out. quicker mm-hmm. Interesting. but on my pan it's just a hobbyist pan it's completely flat on the bottom and it takes me 10 or excuse me one quart of firewood to equal one not one gallon 10 gallons of syrup so i can boil 10 gallons of syrup per one quart of firewood what's a quart a quart of firewood would be four feet wide, four feet high, and oh. eight feet long. Okay. And now it doesn't have to you be that. You got that all figured out. Huh? Well, that, that, <laughs> so that, that, and almost everyone uses firewood. Okay. So to start maple syruping, if you really want to start maple syruping, you have to get all these things ready. You need to have somebody make a pan for you, and there's a a welder just south of Virgus called Backwoods Welding and he will weld you up a pan. If you call him up, say I want a maple syrup pan that's about uh, two and a half feet wide, three and a half feet long, six inches deep. And he makes these um, he, he's a welder, he's not a maple syrup welder, but he he specializes in stainless steel welding.
0: Okay I was gonna ask if. Yep, it's so it'll be stainless see-
1: steel, yep. Mm-hmm. And, and then you will need a bunch of firewood so you got to get all this stuff ready in the fall And you need to put the pan on something you you, need a, you yep need a, so you need what I do and this everyone has their different different ways. ways of doing it but the fire actually has to hit the very bottom of the pan you can't put the pan on top of a stove because the heat doesn't transfer enough so the pan has to sit directly on top of the fire but here's a secret there can't be any fire going around the pan. The fire can only touch the bottom, mm-hmm. not the sides. So put some bricks, like kind of. You got to put bricks, and then you also have to level the pan. When I talk about um, the pan has to be flat, how you level a maple syrup pan is you can use a level, a carpenter's level, but you also pour in sap so let's just say we're going to level this i want to pour in three gallons of sap and i want to check to see if this pan is level i want exactly an eighth of an inch across the entire bottom of this pan i don't want any corner dry sure and if it is dry i have to lift the one quarter up corner with maybe a steel shim because we're going to have a fire underneath this, but i got to figure out how to get this completely level. And this is where a lot of people, do they make a mistake because when they're finishing their maple syrup, what will happen is it will boil down and one side of the pan will go dry and it will burn it because that's what it is. It's sugar. You're burning maple sugar in your pan. That's why it's so... Well, whatever? but it'll burn. It'll it's, it's a hot fire underneath there. And it'll sure. turn it bl- and it'll rack it, and oh. your it's just all your work has been ruined. So, <clears throat> how my pan holds about thirty-five gallons. So I shoot for about two hundred gallons of sap, and then I'll boil all that down, and that'll give me about five gallons of maple syrup in the bottom of the pan. And I told you earlier that I I can uh, level my pan on about three gallons. So I'll have about I don't know, maybe it'll be a half inch of liquid across the entire bottom. It will not uh, go dry. So then when it's at that level, I have to slide the entire pan off the fire. And that's the other thing that's very difficult. People have a very, very hard time figuring out how to cook with wood because it's not like boiling potatoes. When your potatoes boil over on your oven, you just turn the stove down or lift the kettle up. You're cooking with fire. It doesn't work very good. So there's a couple ways to do it. Um, Some people stop prematurely, and then they take it into the house and finish it. But what I do is I have a... um, Forklift. No, no, no. (laughs) I have um, um, concrete blocks that the pan sits on, and I have a a little um, metal um, angle iron, like a railroad system, made for the pan to sit in, and that's what I level, and then I...
0: And to move it off.
1: I, I do. I actually, right when it gets done, I actually slide the whole pan off to the side and I open up the stove door and I actually will take my shovel and I'll s- slowly, I will um, level, the level the coals because I want to cool it down and I'm here to check it. So what you need, it, you'll need a few other tools other than the pan. You will need a hydrometer and what a hydrometer is, is it checks the density of maple syrup ah. and it'll tell you when it becomes sap to maple syrup, and then you will also need, it's called a testing cup, and it's kind of goofy. It's like a little um, sleeve, and what you do is you slide this in the maple syrup, and remember, there's only a half inch in the bottom of the pan, but by sliding this along, you have a, a vial full of maple syrup, and now your hydrometer will float in there. So when it gets close to being maple syrup, this is where everyone ruins it. They, they they're almost like hypnotized because they've been watching water boil for twenty-four hours. It's just boiling, it's just boiling, it's just boiling. No that long. Well, my pan will boil off about uh, ten gallons an hour, but I don't sit out there constantly. I will go home and I'll come back and fill it up and I go home. Now these new evaporators are much more efficient, but I'm just a hobbyist. So Mine will boil 10 10 gallons an hour. So I will boil in 24 hours, 240 gallons of sap. That'll give me five gallons of maple syrup. So um, I will test it. And the, the most critical point of making this maple syrup making is not burning it and don't be complacent. You have to sit there and check. And actually, when you get right down to it, take like a watch and say every 10 minutes I'm gonna check and then pretty soon every five minutes I'm gonna check and you will see that your hydrometer there's a line I don't know if it's 32 but there's a line on there if you can make that hydrometer hit that line it's done slide oh, you test it towards yeah. the end like, okay now it's exactly and you just constantly keep testing every 10 minutes every five minutes but do not become complacent and what this is kind of a social event you'll have several people out there your neighbors will come out there and don't get talking one person has to stay focused because you will burn this you'll burn five gallons of maple syrup in your pan and it'll ruin it so then you slide it off and now you have completed i have five gallons of pure maple syrup but it's not filtered so i let it cool i take that um five gallons, and I pour it into a food-grade container. Now, all my containers, the containers that hang from the trees, the bags that you mentioned, are all food-grade. Nothing in this Mm. process should be not food-grade. So after that maple syrup cools, I pour it into a food-grade five-gallon pail. I can get one from the bakery. It probably Mm. comes with baking dough in it. And then I bring that home. I've just completed my first batch of maple syrup. Cooled off? Yep, cooled off. mm -hmm. And I'm I'm done. I'm done, I want to quit. Some wait, wait, this pan, does it have a... a it doesn't. What You know some, uh, what is it
0: called, a vent?
1: Yeah, they a, call a it a a valve. Some people have valves, valves on yeah. it. I don't. I oh, just so have you, a straight plan. You plant. lift it then? I do. I, a
0: lift tip or like a little where it floats out?
1: Nope, nope. Actually, all oh. I do, it's kind of interesting, I just slide it off to the side and I take a small kettle from my house I tip the pan up on the edge, and I just ladle it into this five-gallon pail. Oh, okay. And then maybe if someone's there to help me, we pour the rest of it in. And then, then what you do is um, you can, now it's sticky, because basically it's maple syrup that has cooled on the outside of the pan. And a lot of times it will be cold out. It'll be snow. So I put the pan back on top of the fire. I put snow or sap back in my pan and I take a washcloth and I clean out the pan and get it all ready for next time. Because now my water is heating, my snow is melting, and pretty soon I have boiling water in the pan. I wash the sides down, I rinse the pan out, and I take the pan back off, and I just lean it up against whatever. So I've just washed my pan, and I'm ready now. The next time the sap runs, does that make sense? Is it the following year? Or is oh, no, it, it'll the run. It'll in, run in three days, or it'll run in five days, or it'll oh, run in a week. So it's a constant
0: flow until. So the spring it, is a long yep. harvest
1: season. Oh yeah. So it'll. You'll. You'll. So. If you're sitting around the coffee shop with a bunch of maple syrupers, they'll all talk. Did you get any maple syrup? I didn't get any yesterday. And you'll have phone calls. How much sap did you get? Didn't get any yesterday. Or someone (laughs) will say, "Well, we our buck. uh, You know, we got uh, some. We average a half a gallon per tree. Oh, good, half a gallon. You know, or a quarter gallon." Um, that's a lot for one tree oh no uh, I you will get over the course of the year you will get several gallons if it's an averager several gallons of sap sure. out of a tree yep. it sounds to me like
0: bleeding it out right oh no
1: the tree no
0: <laughs> the tre- well uh, I'm a, I'm not even a hobbyist I'm like a consumer I'm like oh. a very uneducated person yeah. so to me it sounds like why well, are you taking away all the liquid like are we bleeding it out to death ever no so no you so what yeah, so is look, it actually how okay much
1: so in that? you the the rule of thumb is you're supposed to tap one tree about a tree that's about the size of a five gallon bucket or probably about oh
0: yeah, 16 foot.
1: inches around let's say oh. one tap per tree that's th- but if it's larger than that you how long how oh uh, it, it'll only it'll only run it'll stop um, it'll stop yep it'll stop in about um As soon as the temperature gets warm, the bacteria of the tree stops it from leaking out. Oh, so it clogs itself. Clogs itself. It's almost like if you had a cut on your finger, Oh yeah. it'll bleed a little bit, and then pretty soon it'll stop bleeding. And that's kind of what's happening to the maple trees. Um, But if it's a large tree, you can put two taps in, and um, it doesn't hurt the tree. Many people have tapped the same trees for 100 years. I'm not kidding you we've tapped our trees in the same spot since 2000 so it's 18 years and you will see the hole that you've drilled before it actually looks like a little scab but yeah. after 1 year if it's a healthy tree it'll completely be covered up like a scar will be grown no, yeah just just healed healed yep huh. but you can tell cuz if you look on some of our trees you'll see several years there'll be these little bitty like a, maybe like a mole or like a wart, little like a woodpecker pecked a hole in this little tree. Huh. And uh, it does not trickle out. And if you decide to take your tap out, it'll still leak out. It's almost like it's bleeding, like mm. you described. Um, or crying. No, I wouldn't say <laughs> crying. But, but that's what it is. There's sap underneath it. And uh, so then th- uh, a so few more you f- have
0: finished this product in your bucket you went home so what's the next Okay part so that?
1: what what I do is I I this is how I do it um I completely get all my maple syrup until it is finished for the year and it'll it'll only run for a month and it'll be the end of April it'll still be quite cool and I am completely done so now I take all my pails and now I want to can it and this is the other part that a lot of people have a hard time They they struggle with filtering and actually canning the maple syrup. So this is kind of interesting. A lot of people don't listen to how how I do this. So um, you need to filter your maple syrup and you need to filter it. There's a couple different ways. A producer will filter it through a press. They'll actually compress it, and it'll go through a cartridge. But a hobbyist like myself needs to purchase their, I think it's called a synthetic filter, and then it's a cone filter, and they stack on top of each other. And you buy them from a maple syrup supplier. But I do see that some of the hardware stores around here are carrying these supplies, these hydrometers, these test cups, and these cone filters. You can reuse them. You just wash them out, and you can reuse them but we we used to try filtering it right off the pan and that's where a lot of people do it. They try, as soon as it comes off the pan, they try to filter it. And I went to a maple syrup clinic a few years ago in Detroit Lakes and one of the um, instructors told me, just let it sit for about 10 days or five days. And he says, what happens is the hard particles that are in your maple tree or it could be a a maple leaf or sawdust or whatever is in the pan that you cooked will settle naturally. Over time, it'll just settle through the syrup to the bottom of the pail. And if you just tip the pail and fill up a stainless steel container, five gallon stainless steel container, and you can see when I'm pouring this pail in, I'm pouring the liquid into the stainless steel container the bottom of the pail will have heavy particles. The top part will be very clear. So stop, I can pour off 80% of the liquid into my stainless steel container. I still have 20% left. It doesn't mean that I'm not gonna try to filter the bottom 20, but I'm just gonna start with the top 80 to begin with. That's the secret. If you're having trouble filtering maple syrup, that's the secret. Now I have to reheat this on my kitchen stove at my house. So we have like four gallons, we made four gallons
0: out of the five.
1: Well, we're, we're gonna use the five in a minute, but you're gonna, you're gonna see why it's important to just natri- let, naturally let the hard particles settle by themselves. That's the first filtration of natural. And then I'm gonna run it through these filters. Okay, so I heat it up on the stove, it starts to boil. The, the container is so large that I can float my hydrometer in there and my, hy- my hydrometer might not be exactly perfect. I might have pulled the pan off just a little bit premature no problem. Once it gets boiling I have the identical shaped um, stainless steel container and I take a colander that's a cone shaped funnel that has a whole bunch of holes in it you know that that's a kitchen yeah okay so i take my cone filters and i stack them in this um um cone shaped device Mm -hmm. then i and i actually set this in my garage because i don't want to spill anything but i i now the maple syrup is boiling and i take this five four gallons and i will pour through these stack filters. So f- the first four filters are pre-filters and then the bottom filter is this heavy thick cone filter that looks like a stocking hat. It's, it looks like it's a wool stocking hat. But, but if it's if you only do the top 80 percent all your maple syrup will go right through there and it'll land into that stainless steel container that it's the identical one that you just poured it into if that makes sense. Now I got to take this and I got to put it back on the stove and I got to make sure that my hydrometer hits that red line. And if it hits that red line, it's perfect maple syrup. Then I have all my jars and you can buy maple syrup jars if you like. The secret is it has to be 180 degrees so it cans it so the lid will cool down, 180. But maple syrup, when it's boiling, it'll be hotter than that, it'll be 200. I use one pint clear glass jars, just because I buy them uptown. And then I use a large, um, was it, what, 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 it's it's a measuring cup? Mm -hmm. What was it called? Uh, A large measuring cup, a glass measuring cup. And I actually dip that into this five gallon container. And then I take a, like a, a leather glove, hang onto the glass jar, and I fill every one of my maple syrup jars up. It'll be four gallons put the lids on, tip them upside down, and then let them, by, cool. let them cool, and then they'll tip back over and they'll all go clink, because you're canning, you're canning maple syrup now. So I've completed four, ga- four gallons of the five. Now I go back and I do the same process for that last five gallons. One gallon. One gallon. And it, it will be so difficult to get that to go through those filters, because that is the hard, heavy particles that you're pushing through those filters. Yeah. So if you would not let it separate, just I'm gonna boil it all, we're gonna stir up all the, whatever, dirt, leaves, wood chips that might have fallen in there, you will have a very difficult time filtering it. So that's one of the, the secrets of how to filter maple syrup. And then I also, when I get done, I put a label. I put um, ours that says Franklin Farm Maple Syrup, Ottertail County. And I put the year 2018, mm-hmm. and then you will you will know um, you know it's a finished, clean, clear product. It it's, looks professional. It looks very nice, um, but then it's completed. I know what it is. I have a a, a product I can give to somebody. Um, You can also put it in a quart jar if you like, glass, and you can buy all these different types of jars. You can buy jars that look like a maple leaf. You can buy jars that look like, uh, you know, you name it. You can put it, whatever you want. The difference is it's hard to pour them in a small neck jar, and then a lot of the jars I reuse. I make apple, maple, jelly, jam. Before we talk about that, which sounds, so how long...
0: If I canned it, how long does it last unopened? And then once I open it, does it go
1: bad? I mean, there's yeah. no preservers in it. Like a, no, it's just it's just it's boiled just down tree sap is what it is. Mm-hmm. I would say it would last. You didn't add anything. Didn't no, add, no d- it's an d- just all natural product. 100% natural product. Um, so then it, it would last for several years. I mean, I don't know when it would go bad, but it would be several years. And actually, if, if you have had a bad year, so if you get hooked on this, if you're a producer and you get hooked on this, You will have a bad year and you will not make any maple syrup so you want to keep a little extra in your cupboard because the next year you might go a reserve you might go bad for a year before you find some maple syrup so for sure you'd want to keep a little extra um like last year now i got 22 gallons and that was an average year for my 100 100 i think we'd have about 170 trees of of, of of product? or Product. Of,
0: so 22 gallons of product. Product, yep. So we, we do it times 40.
1: Yep, yep. Now, the, the most- 800
0: gallons that you harvested? Correct. The most 1, I've ever
1: got is 40 gallons out of those same trees.
0: 1,600 gallons of sap?
1: See, so it's just a lot of work. It's just a lot of work. But the secret is you, if you're going to do this, you want to work. You want the maple syrup. I mean, you want the sap <laughs> because without the sap, you don't have anything so then you can you know give this product away but let's get into some of the things what we can do with it once yeah. i get this all canned, so i'm done i've washed up all my my stuff i've washed up all my pans i have put everything away all my taps everything is stored and i got 20 gallons of maple syrup i i give it away i give it away for christmas our family uses it but one of the things that i have did before is i make candy maple candy and um You take one quart, so two pints, and you put it into a large saucepan. And you start heating it, and you heat it from 220 to 240 degrees. And here's the secret if you wanna do this. I'm I'm warning you. So if you're gonna try this at your house, I'm warning you. The secret, a large saucepan and a candy thermometer. And all you're gonna do is as you heat it, Here's the secret as it starts to boil you actually turn the stove down not up and you stir it and you watch the thermometer and it'll go up from 220 to 225 and you stir it and it'll start to almost like foam turn the stove down a little bit more stir it watch it it'll go to 230 it starts to foam that's why you have a large saucepan because it's it's foaming stir it, turn the stove down. And this is the same thing that you can screw up on your large maple syrup pan. The fire's too hot. It actually foams and it'll burn up your maple syrup. So anyway, when it hits 240 degrees, just stir it and watch it. And you'll, by that time, you'll actually have turned this, this, your stove down quite a bit. I just put it into a non-stick fry pan, pour it out, thin, let it cool. And then I cut it with a knife slightly and you it'll break apart like peanut brittle and it's maple pure maple sugar in a candy form and it is it's tasty you put it in little ziploc bags and throw it in the refrigerator if you want a shot of pure maple sugar like like a candy bar or like a, a gum drop or a you know it's like a it, but drop? it's hard it's hard it's yeah, pure yeah. sugar okay it's it's fun i mean it's if, if you get hooked on it it's like whoa and it's fun with kids around or if grandma wants to try it it's very fun uh, it's it's just a neat thing to do, but I'm warning you, do not let it boil over on your stove. Your wife will kill you. Large saucepan as it boils, turn it down. <laughs> and then another thing I do in the fall is I have apple maple jelly jam, apple maple jam, and um, it takes apples and then actually sugar and then maple sugar, and you cut up the apples and. That basically the You harvest like, your own apples? Yeah, I have an apple tree out back, but this last year the darn thing tipped over. Uh-huh. and it had so many apples on. The big wind came up and broke it, so I don't know what I'll get next year. I'll get some, but I planted two extra apples, but or apple trees I did plant. But that is my favorite. Oh my gosh. I mean, I like strawberry jelly. I like raspberry jelly. But this apple maple is wonderful. It's it's the best, I'm telling you, it is the best. So how so. much do you
0: take? Uh, how much syrup and how much apple?
1: Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's like uh, one, uh, y- if you look it up online, you'll see it. Oh, okay. It, and then you put some cinnamon in there, you put some nutmeg in there, you put maple syrup in there, and then your apples in there. And there too, it's kind of interesting. You, you just add all this stuff, and then you stir it and stir it and stir it and stir and it's condensing and you're basically boiling out the water that's in the apples and pretty soon you, there's no there's no real way to tell when it's thick enough but if it's too thick it will not come out of your jar a cool jar that you take out of the refrigerator and if it's too thin when you put on your toast in the morning, it'll kind of run off your toast. Yeah. So that, But if you did it a couple times, you'll figure out just the right amount, because it's hot, it's in a bag of this kettle, then you can it. And I basically can it the same way. Um, I have my maple syrup jars that are empty, because by that time I've ate 10, 15 jars of maple syrup. And then I have put apple maple jelly into these jars. I wash them all out, and I put all this apple maple jelly jam into it and then I can them so I have a good supply in the fall of apple maple jam so so
0: now um, hopefully being done with this winter soon um, you always mentioned I think April so when when is the beginning of like when do you prepare the tapping like uh, when do you get out
1: you, you will you know right when it starts warming up so it's probably about March 15th okay and um, you'll will, you will, you will walk out there in snow and you will tap all your trees. Um, it'll be cold. Um, it, it will it'll be cold. And then all of a sudden one day it'll hit 35 degrees and you'll run out there to check to see if it's running. No, nope, didn't run, didn't run. But eventually it'll start trickling in the afternoon. I, I, you, usually you tap the tree on the south face, south facing side of a maple tree, but- Oh,
0: because of the sun.
1: The sun, yep. It's kind of interesting too. If you've ever planted a maple tree, uh, in your yard, it's—I think the, the term a forester uses—is bark. Uh, it's like cracked bark syndrome on a on a, a, a sapling maple. The sap will go to the south side of the tree, and then they'll have a hard freeze, and it'll actually break the bark right off of the tree. Sure. So there'll be a crack on all the maple trees on the south. Southwest side. So that's what it's called, southwest side crack if ne- syndrome.
0: If they never get tapped because mm- they... No,
1: it just, but it's natural. That's okay. where it warms up, sure. and there's sugar water underneath that side, and it no. cracks, it, and it breaks the bark on the trees. So so you said you're harvesting for four weeks usually? Uh, let's say, well, you put the taps out March 15th, um, so it would be April 15th, and it can maybe go to the end of April, some years, okay. maybe... Um, But but in general, I think you're looking for a long, drawed-out spring. You don't want an early spring. Um, Like I said, the longer you tap trees, the more you figure out you don't know anything. But the tree wants to wake up, and it wants to say, hey, it's time to wake up. I'm so sick of winter. I got leaf fever instead of cabin fever and it wants to start putting sap into the branches and then when when the sap gets up there, it says, hey, it's still winter, and then it wants to run back into the roots and then it wants to trickle in. Oh, really? Well, I don't know if that's what happened, (laughs) but that's what what it wants it. It wants to trickle out that little bitty tap you've tapped. And if it goes from winter to summer and there's no spring, the water will not trickle out of that tree okay it will not trickle it's the yeah. funniest thing so. so we
0: can really have good harvest years bad harvest 100%, years
1: 100% yep but the time
0: is getting ready now uh, preparing your equipment and then hit hit the trees uh, March right. 15 yep harvest through uh, April and then you cook so now this merges into, that's why we have maple syrup days in Virgos. In Virgus. Virgus. yeah. Uh, like, is it April 6th, I think?
1: Probably. It b- bumps around every year a little bit, but that's and, about what it is. And that's
0: already freshly, like, the, because there's this contest, it's always that year's harvest,
1: yeah? I don't think it is. I think you can just submit, because mine, I'll, I'll, I will submit last year's maple syrup. It'll okay. be 2018. Last. That's what I'm going to submit this year as a contestant. Um, some years it does not run, and some years it'll be over. I think last year actually, it was not running, it did not did not run until the month of April. Okay. Matter of fact, last year, I remember it was so cold in April. So we had maple True. syrup festival, but it did not run until after the festival. Yeah. It, you, can't, you can't peg it on a, on a, um, a calendar, right. but March, April is maple syrup season. So we have uh, this fest coming up uh, pretty soon
0: and I think um, in Maplewood State Park they also build like a demonstration. Oh,
1: beautiful. They have a sugar shack. They have an evaporator. They have bleachers. You can all sit and watch sap boil. So this is something, is an educational
0: uh, or can you bring your buckets there and actually cook?
1: They they, they tap it for you. They tap it for you there and you can watch it all. There's also here in um, Perm, they have a Maple syrup clinic coming up in February. I bet it, it says something like how to tap a tree from the tree to the table. Mm. And if you're interested, if you're interested in tapping maple trees, you need to get educated on this. There's also some uh, books. One book I would recommend is Maple Syrup Production Manual, and um, that tells you it tells you tons of information. And then um, a leader is a, it's called leader evaporators. That's just a, a large manufacturer of maple syrup uh, equipment. You don't have to buy it from them, but it shows you what these different products are, products available are, and di- just different ways of how to do it. Um, a lot of that is way over my head just because I'm not into production, I'm a hobbyist. Um, and it's quite the social thing. One year, it was Sunday of Easter. We had 50 people come visit me in our little woods. It was just because they ate Easter dinner and they wanted to go out and take a walk in the woods. And there was 50 people that showed up. Oh, really? Yeah. They thought it was the greatest thing ever. And I never saw them since. I mean, they took <laughs> off. And, especially when it comes time to cleaning everything, you'll never find anybody. They're gone then. <laughs> so Fair weather maple syrupers. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, that was really interesting, and I think we learned a lot, uh, especially um, we need to find the trees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you probably, you, you definitely need trees, property, or, or something. But um, c- closing this, um, thank you very much. But Yeah, you're uh, welcome. We already heard um, your passion about um, uh, maple trees, but also swimming, canoeing. Uh, what makes it very, sp- like, why did you never leave? What is making uh, uh, Lakes Country so special to you in, in general?
1: Um... You know the lakes the quietness the loons i had a friend of mine ask what was my favorite bird and they thought for sure it would be the loon they thought i bet tom likes the loons and i'm i'm a birder i listen i listen for every bird i got a large um i have a large feeder in my front yard right now and i love loons i mean i can listen to loons I, i sit on my porch i have a screen porch in the hot summer days I drink a glass of iced tea at night and I listen to the loons fly over. And I can listen to purple martins, but my favorite bird I think is a white-throated sparrow. And you hear them a little bit further north, they they do migrate through here and they will sing. But I think that is my favorite bird. But I'm an outdoor person. I really enjoy the lakes area. I like swimming here. Uh, it's just fun. I mean like when you come to Virgus, everyone is having such a fun time. The lake, the cottage people behind my house—they are so friendly. They're just fun. I mean, you're here to enjoy life. You're here to celebrate the weekend. It is a hoot. I mean, the even though it's quiet, the the cottages are locked up and it's cold. But in the spring, it's fun to see the people return. They are so happy to be back. It's fun to see the. It's just fun to see the lake area come alive with, with summer people that just want to come and enjoy our lakes. It's, it's just a blessing. It, we, we have the one of the nicest areas right here in Vergas, Minnesota. Honest, it's so nice to live in Vergas. Yeah. Beautiful, just beautiful. And then a few other things. Vergas, it's kind of interesting. You probably didn't know this, but Vergas is on a hill, and water, f- some of water by Virgus trickles into the Ottertail River and some of water trickles to the Pelican River and on this ridge it's a topography feature most people don't know this but there's a ridge that goes from Fergus Falls and it'll go kinda by air hard there's some steep hills Maplewood State Park steep hills right through Virgus and it kinda wiggles up to Detroit Mountain and it keeps wiggling and it ends up kinda near um, Tamarack Refuge it goes north or it comes from well, north. Well, it's a ridge. It's a ridge. Oh, it's a, it's a topography. I'm sorry. That's what it. Is. So it's a it's a topography ah, feature. It's a sorry. hill, like a mountain range, but it's really. So some of the water will trickle oh. one direction, and some of the water will trickle yeah. the other direction. But on this ridge, it's some places it's very rocky, and it was not farmed like for agriculture. Uh huh. And that's why, right by Virgus. It used to be like, boy, that's some not good plowing land. There's rocks and hills, and that's not good for ag. But what it, what it was is since it was a topography feature, that's why it's so beautiful. Hills, never farmed, beautiful maple trees. It, that's why it's so neat. Yeah. So if you go west of like 59, most of the fields were plowed, yeah. and if you even come on this side, there's a lot of places that have been plowed because it was tillable, uh-huh. but there's a special ridge that runs right up through Maplewood State Park, right through Vergas, and it continues right up by the Detroit Mountain, and then it continues into the Tamarack Refuge.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, kind of neat, huh? Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, thank you. <clears throat> Sorry. I, uh, I think I will consult you for some more insider stories from the area in yeah. the future. <laughs> okay. Well, thank
1: you for having yeah. me. It's been a real pleasure.
0: Yeah, thank you. And then uh, see you at Maple Syrup Fest in, in Virgus. Yeah, and I hope you're a judge. I hope you're
1: a judge. We,
0: oh, I don't know, but I will attend with my son <laughs> and
1: try your syrup for sure. Okay. <laughs> thank you for coming out. You're
0: welcome. Thank you. Yeah, this was already our uh, newest episode of the Lake Life Weekend Podcast. We sure hope you enjoyed it Uh, tune in again next week with another great guest and updates always check out our website uh, lakelifeweekend.com and if you have some comments please feel free to email us at hello at lakelifeweekend.com and uh, you have a wonderful weekend ahead